0: From what I understand, you are sweating profusely. How much sweat are we talking?
1: Um, you know, just just the normal amount of sweat when someone sweats a lot, I guess.
0: <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I actually don't sweat very much. I don't know if you know that about me.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I actually don't know if I did know that.
0: Um, well, I don't, um, stink very easily. Like, it takes days of body odor for me to stink. It's really weird. That's, um... It's not a humble brag either. I mean, but I mean, legitimately, like I can forget deodorant for a day and it's fine.
1: That's that's nice of those the bacteria under your arms.
0: I, I, but I and I don't know why. I also don't have bad morning breath. That's good. Yeah. Again, I I don't know why. Not a humble brag. It's just a weird a weird thing. I dated a girl who said that it it frustrated her that I just seemed to never stink. Oh. Huh. Um, and I told her that's because I'm a professional. (laughs) So, uh, but the reason you are, uh, sweating is because, (laughs) because I, uh, I have roped you into doing a podcast with me.
1: Yeah. Is that that fair? (laughs) Among, among other things, I'm sure, uh, I'm in a, in a pretty high stress mood, Um, But the sweat, that's definitely part of it. And I do smell when I sweat. So (laughs) it's really nice that no one else is here because it overwhelms my deodorant pretty quickly. So
0: I do you remember when I I had to give that speech about uh, my friend Andy? I had to give a speech, you know, because he yeah. won an award, but he had passed away already, and that was one of the only times in my life that I literally felt my deodorant fail.
1: Yeah, stress sweat is a real thing.
0: Yeah, like, but I mean, like, I had never felt my deodorant. Like, I, I wear like um, like really like high quality antiperspirant, mm-hmm. and I literally just felt like, oh, the sweat's just pouring past it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. The, yeah. the dam has been broken. So do you usually sweat when you're nervous?
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that my body does. And yeah, and it, it it's, I sweat way worse. I, I sweat all the time too.
0: Um, well, I think that's a human thing. Really? <laughs> I mean, some of us, I guess we roll in mud to try to cool off.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you just sweat from the palms of your hands or something or. Yeah. Oh I
0: get sweaty palms when I'm really nervous. Mm,
1: I don't. My my hands oh. are pretty dry, but um but yeah, I, I definitely sweat significantly more when I'm nervous, and it is just a totally different thing. And it always happens in public and around people. Um except for right now. So
0: Oh. Well has anybody ever said, like, man, you smell?
1: Um No, I think people are just too Yes. Uh, <laughs> But 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 it was, like, one of those things where, like, I had to hear, like, third-hand about it because everybody is too polite to say it directly to me, um, which is not great, honestly.
0: Uh, I mean, you know, it's not good to stink out loud, I guess. But, um, so, you know, I, I figured that, that would be a good topic to talk about because the show itself makes you kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing because you're worried you won't have anything interesting to say.
1: Yes. As, um, as we've proven already.
0: <laughs> well, so, um, I, I didn't want the first episode of this to be about us doing a show. Cause I thought that was too on the nose. Um, Something. but, uh, so now so the second one is, um, so wh- like, uh, what, what did you think when I was like, Hey, Michelle, I want to do a podcast with you.
1: Um, I, I think, I think when you originally told me I was like almost having an anxiety attack about something, um, about something else. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, oh, okay. There's more things now. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, that, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, It's okay. It's not your fault. It's not like you knew. I don't think, I don't think I had been like, Hey, I'm doing really, really bad right now. And you were like, let's do a podcast. <laughs>
0: I I I knew that you were stressed about work quite a bit, yeah. Um, But I didn't know necessarily beyond that. Uh, You know, I I try to uh, to read the room, but it's not always easy. Um, but well, what now that you've done it a little bit? Do you still do you still feel like the sweating is warranted? Like, are you still sweating from nerves? Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, I mean, I, unless it just hasn't dried, but I think I'm still sweating. Um, I mean, it's been, it's been a little while, so I should know. Um, no, I, but yeah, no, I still, I still don't, don't think that, that any, that I'm going to say anything interesting. So.
0: Well, when, uh, when you, so you perform music in front of people, um, yes. as often as you can. Yes. Relatively. Sort of. Do you feel like, I mean, how is it different?
1: Um, it's, it's, I mean, the only real difference is, uh, that I kind of go into it having an idea of what I'm going to do. Um, Hmm. more or less, I mean, not always. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I think just the idea of this being, cause okay, um, this is more like just recording music and I'm, that makes me very nervous. Um, I think it's the, just the idea of something being consumed later, like, if this if this was not a podcast but some sort of weird um lecture, like we were just in a lecture <laughs> hall doing this in okay. front of people, I actually think that would be easier for me.
0: Oh, because it doesn't exist later?
1: Yes. It just it just goes away and also I can I can feed off other people. Um which is not yeah. something I can do right now and I don't
0: know where my cat is. Uh oh. Uh, audience reaction is like a huge help. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's one of the hardest parts about making movies is that you don't have that at all. Yeah. Yeah. You have to kind of assume, you know, where people are going to like something and assume, you know, where they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so. Cause one thing I've noticed about you, cause you, you would, how would you describe yourself? Uh, like, as far as like socially.
1: Um I I don't know like not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean like do you do you like to des- describe yourself as kind of shy or quiet or like how do you how do you describe yourself like in you know in your own words?
1: Um uh so so I mean I guess I I would describe myself as an introvert but um but not, I mean in in the sense that like I I don't really know, but, uh, I, I guess more accurately that I have, you know, pretty bad social anxiety and that like, um, being around other people makes me incredibly nervous, Mm -hmm. especially when there's a lot of them people.
0: Yeah. Is there, is there like a, is there like a ceiling to that though? Like, is there a point where like, if you're like, if you're, I mean, is it the same if you're performing or is that, is it totally different?
1: Um, it's totally different. Um, okay. I, it's, it's like, it, it like is kind of reversed at that point. It's more that I have trouble in a setting where I don't know what I'm supposed to do. If, yeah. if someone was like, hey, even if it was like a party, but someone was like, hey, okay, you have to go to this party. And when you get to the party, you have to sit here for five minutes and then you got to talk to this person for five minutes and then you can leave. That actually might be better than just being like, you're going to this place and do a thing now because it's fun. Um,
0: That's funny because that's how I am with parties, too. Yeah. Which you might. I mean, you know me pretty well to know Mm. that I I have a decent amount of anxiety. Uh, A lot of people assume that I don't. They assume I'm just kind of fine with uh, with stuff because I because I guess I appear effortless, which is a very big uh, compliment uh, for somebody to say like you just seem so effortlessly friendly or effortlessly mm-hmm. funny or whatever, I'm like thank thank you <laughs> 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 you you noticed me, <laughs> um, but like I feel that I feel very similarly. Um, when I go to a party, I feel like I'm not supposed to draw attention to myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's I, I think yours is a, is a little different. And feel free to share share. But like I feel like I. I'm used to being the center of attention. If I'm throwing an event, whether it's a party or, uh, you know, a movie premiere or the very rare, you know, live music thing I do or whatever. Mm -hmm. At that point, it's like, yeah, I'm supposed to like yell at the top of my lungs, get everybody to look my direction and try to make them laugh. But if I'm at a party, I feel like that's me being like inappropriate. Like that's me being needy and demanding and not a friend or not like a person
1: yeah i i can understand i can definitely understand that um yeah i mean i i I kind of feel like in any group of people um like i mean i i I, excuse me sort of similar to that um i just feel like you know if there's maybe one other person i can have a conversation and maybe we should try to like have say you know be more or less equal but after that if there's more than that um i just feel like i should not talk um and that like everyone else's ideas and opinions should really be forefront and that like if you know making it any more about me is me not being um you know uh helpful or a good friend
0: yeah or polite or uh, you know constructive or whatever Mm -hmm. So you, so in a way you kind of fall into being an active listener.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Which is not a terrible thing. Um, um, it,
1: it's, it's okay. I've definitely had situations um, in the past. Um, I, I, at one point lived in an apartment. I was, I had a roommate, which is totally stupid for me. Um, For me, having a roommate equates, it's it, it like, it's like, Instead of having an apartment, I have a a bedroom because having someone else there all the time is like just, it just doesn't feel very good. So it was just like, I just live in my bedroom now. Um, But she had a bunch of people over um, without asking me. But um, we were all kind of hanging out outside on the porch and we were in an apartment. So some of my other neighbors. Um, who were just like this nice older couple, you know, it said hi to us and stuff. And later, after this was all over, I'd been talking to one of them and they had just been like, you're not, you're not like part of that, are you? You weren't, you weren't really like in that conversation. Um, You're really just kind of like uh, listening. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that was, that's pretty accurate of what was going on there. Yeah.
0: Wow. How did it feel to have somebody point that out?
1: Um. Honestly, I really liked those people. They were yeah. great. And um, uh, very, very much um, aware of what was going on and really perceptive. And I actually appreciated that because I totally didn't feel like I was part of that conversation. And I was just kind of like listening and like, just uh observing. There we go.
0: Um, yeah.
1: And that's what I do a lot.
0: So do you, do you feel disconnected generally when you're only observing?
1: Um, it'll, it, I guess depends on the situation. I just, I I don't know if it's disconnected so much as I don't know, like, I legitimately don't know how to do anything more than that in those situations. Mm -hmm. And I found that when I have things to say, um, 90% of the time in any of these situations, I can't say them. I will try and I will get cut off. And if I try more than once, um, I just eventually, you know, the moment passes and it's not worth it anymore.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that because, you know, So we've been friends for, for a while. And, um, when I first became friends with you, I was always afraid that all I ever did was, was walk over you because you're, I'm, I'm kind of outgoing, extremely outgoing. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's something that I still, I still sometimes have to work about in our friendship. I have to work on it myself because you've never, ever made me feel like I was inappropriate or, or whatever. But I actually do kind of worry. I'm always like, I'm always like, give, give her a chance to speak, man. Like shut your fucking hole. Cause I talk so much. It's hard.
1: But I, I appreciate that. And I don't want to make you feel like you're, you're not doing a good job.
0: Too, so oh good i was afraid there was a butt. it was gonna
1: <laughs> yeah i appreciate that but it's been difficult being friends with you
0: i just but didn't I, know
1: how to like cut you out of my life so
0: but finally i can tell you on this podcast goodbye yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair i understand i get it yeah. um, <laughs> but uh no that, that's so have you i mean is this this isn't the uh, I mean, this is maybe the rule, but there are exceptions, right? Have you been to parties and stuff where you've managed to kind of come out of your shell or you've managed to meet the right kind of people to where you've been able to have a really good conversation?
1: Um, I would say that would be an incredible exception and that that mm-hmm. has happened. But then those people who are way more outgoing than me will drift off and I'll just be like, OK, I'm alone again. This is weird. Ugh. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my basic problem is that like, I'm one of those people who will like just kind of hang out and have a conversation with someone for, you know, an extended period of time. And mostly that's not what everyone else is doing anywhere. Uh,
0: no, it's that's hard. I mean, even with my ability to kind of start a conversation with anybody, I I will kind of catch myself being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. and just kind of sit and watch and wish that somebody wanted to, to hang out with me or talk to me about something. Yeah. Um, and I have to like build myself up to go and like talk to somebody and just start a damn conversation. Yeah. yeah. It can be hard. It can be really hard. Um, and exhausting too. Cause sometimes I'll be in a social situation and I just like take a big sigh cause I'm like, man, I don't want to do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> like why are they working at it? Why isn't anyone begging me to talk to them? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, no, but I get that. Uh, Do you find it's easier to socialize like after you've performed?
1: Um, Yeah, actually I do. Um, That's like the only time pretty much. Um, If you talk to me before I play a show, I am really, really reserved and weird. And if you talk to me after, like I'm pretty okay. At least for like twenty minutes or so, um, and that 's usually you know when I have decent conversations, well, because people come over to me and want to talk to me about stuff too, yeah, uh, so plus I guess just like adrenaline and that kind of stuff uh, helps
0: well, and you broke you break the ice really well because you are when you 're on stage i don 't know if you are able to acknowledge this or not, but you're you 're actually really charming and funny on stage i mean you're I think you're charming and funny in general, but you know, you, you and I have like a level of intimacy from being friends for so long. Um, but I, I, I mean, I've watched you, I've watched you play quite a bit and I've been lucky enough to watch you play recently Mm -hmm. and you, you are able to, when you're up there, uh, in between songs and stuff, you, you're able to make people laugh and you're able to, to say things that are at least somewhat relatable and people acknowledge how relatable they are. You notice that, right? You have to notice that.
1: Um, you know, I, I do I do a better job sometimes than other times, you know. It it depends on a lot of factors.
0: Yeah. But I mean I've watched you do a good job of working a crowd when I know artists, musicians who wouldn't even try because they were like disappointed in the turnout or whatever.
1: Well, that's when it's easier, actually.
0: <laughs> Is when there's less people.
1: Um, well, actually, if there's a lot of people and they're actively listening, it's great. Um, but if there's a small audience and they're actively listening, it's totally good too. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's about you know respecting the amount of people who are there, even if they're just you know the other bands or that
0: kid. Yeah. That's always there. That one kid. That one kid.
1: I don't even know who that would yeah. be. That's not a person. Yeah. I,
0: uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was wondering too. Um, yeah. Well, and that's the the thing. That's one of my favorite things about watching you play though, is getting to see your personality kind of shine because when you're talking in between songs, it's like, it's like a fight. It's almost like fight or flight. Like you're really good at talking between your songs uh, and connecting with people. And I enjoy that almost as much as you're playing because I really enjoy seeing you be yourself with, uh, and, and like it's, I wanted to say fearlessly, but it's not fearless of anything. That's part of the charm of when you perform is how fearful you are. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and here's that song. uh... (laughs) You have, I can't proper, I can't capture it properly. How you, how you are, you know? Okay. I mean, I can I can keep trying to do impressions of you if that's what you want. But
1: no, no, that's fine. You <laughs> did a good job.
0: <laughs> Thank you. But uh, no, because so when I've performed, whether it's just um, whether it's music or it's like uh, just talking, like you know, introducing a movie or something where you get to talk for a few minutes, mm-hmm. I notice that if there are a whole lot of people, if there's just a crazy amount of people, a you know, hundred people or, or more they kind of just become one person Hmm. to some extent, like, like, uh, pragmatically to me, like I could just talk to them and I don't feel like I'm talking to any individuals. I feel like I'm just talking to a crowd. Okay. Um, but if there's seven people, then I I feel like I'm talking to each of them individually, which is, which is not a bad thing. And it's like, that can be really fun and, and intimate and cool. It just is different. Uh, yeah, and, and it, that one makes me more nervous.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. I'd definitely rather play two more people. Yeah, it's definitely less nerve wracking. Yeah.
0: Well, you know how uh, this is vaguely related. Shockingly, um, you know how I, I mean. I've always kind of liked pro wrestling. Um, uh, haven't really been into it in you know a decade or more. But uh, occasionally, I'll like tune into kind of modern wrestling and see what they're doing. Well, there's this company out of Georgia called NWA, which um, they've been around since like the 1900s, the National Wrestling Alliance. But Billy Corgan bought it uh, from oh. Smashing Pumpkins.
1: I, I did know that.
0: Yeah, he's huh. a lifelong wrestling fan. Huh.
1: Well,
0: what they decided to do um, is they decided to launch their own NWA TV property. Um, which is, as far as I know, it's exclusively on YouTube. Um, and it gets like 500,000 to a million views. And, uh, it's called NWA Power. And they went completely old school with it. Instead of doing, um, TV tapings in front of giant audiences and arenas, which they have, they have enough, uh, money and enough famous wrestlers to, to fill an arena occasionally. Uh, mm-hmm. instead they do it in a television studio which is how the earliest wrestling television was done. Yeah, Yeah. In in the early days of professional wrestling TV, they did what was called studio wrestling, where you'd maybe have a hundred people, maybe 150 people in the stands in a TV station. And they would film, say three hours of wrestling and then turn that into say three or four episodes of a wrestling TV show. And the whole purpose of the wrestling TV show was to get the audience interested in the wrestlers to come and see them live, because that was where the real money was. Right. So what you'd end up with is this you know, this TV show where the wrestlers are talking smack, and then there's there's constantly in-between matches plugs where a wrestler says, you know, come and see me fight so-and-so at, on October 27th at the blah, 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 and, and they would only put that on the stations in that area. So anyway, I, I, I spent a really long time getting to my point, which is I had never seen, I grew up when studio television wrestling was pretty much over. Right. Um, so all I ever saw of studio TV wrestling were like clips and snippets from the (laughs) 1980s. And apparently the reason people yearn for TV studio wrestling is because it's bizarrely intimate. Huh? Like they do it all on one big stage. So like there's a ring. And behind, directly behind the ring is an audience. But then to the left and to the right are little sets where they do the interviews and, uh, you know, the talking stuff between matches. So it's all okay. done on the same stage. Yeah. So a wrestler will come and talk to a, uh interviewer. And the interviewer will be like, you know, how do you feel about so and so and so and so and an audience member, the audience is only like 100 people, or 150 people, an audience member would yell like, uh, would yell like, you suck. And the wrestler flat out hears it. Yeah, like, there's not, there's no, you know, a crowd growth. And the wrestler would snap back with like, with like, uh, you know, you think I suck. You're the one who sucks. Atlanta sucks. And then you go back to talking and you're like, <laughs> And, but I'd never seen anything like that before. And it kind of blew my mind because yeah. it's like, cause it's so intimate. The audience is interrupting his interview and they have to tell like one person to shut up. It's like, wow. it, it called, it's like, it's like comedy club wrestling almost. Cause that's the kind of size crowd at a comedy club. You're, you're not going to get a whole right. lot of people. Yeah. So yeah, it like, it blew my mind.
1: Yeah. It's, that's really interesting. I yeah, no idea.
0: Yeah, it just started. They just started doing that. But yeah, I've been watching it and I'm not hugely into their into their their wrestling show, but I am like there are some wrestlers who are so much fun to watch in that circumstance where they're directly mm-hmm. interacting with the audience like that. Cool. Because they're great. I mean, you know, wrestlers are phenomenal show people. Uh they have to be. Yeah. So that, you know, you're not going to last if you don't know what to say to somebody who's telling you you suck or, you know, heckling you or whatever. Do you ever get heckled?
1: Um, it's really rare, but I had, yeah, I have been. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> and like, like really rare, you know, like someone like saying that, like play whatever song oh they want me to play. That kind of
0: stuff. Play free and I just go and like, shit.
1: Yeah, I can't do that. Okay. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, but like nothing serious. Um, because the shows are generally too small, and if you say you suck, I know who you are, and it's <laughs> a, it's a, like I, I could be like, I'm really sorry that I suck, and we could talk later about how and much we can, you
0: don't want to see be I would, here I would right really, now. Let's talk about it right now.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> what don't you like? How can I improve my performance? Yeah. <laughs> what I get more than like heckling is because, um, I'm like conversational between songs and because my songs are also kind of conversational um people will just feel the need to at like a pretty decent show usually people will feel the need to tell me things in between songs oh, like yeah. just be like i'm going to talk to you for like a couple minutes and i'm like okay this is weird <laughs> cuz i'm you like off. trying to yeah you know, like i'm trying like no it's it's like fine but more it's more like how do i end this because i'm still on stage
0: yeah. and this is weird um See, yeah. Do you think that, I mean, so one of the reasons is probably you almost never play like bar scene, right? Yeah. True. Yeah. Cause I played a lot of bars when, uh, when I was playing often. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing is when you have a full band, you can just be so loud that no one can hear anyone else. So, yes. Yeah. I can't do that. But I was playing once, uh, in the Oregon district, the hip part of downtown Dayton. And, we were, I mean, it was with a full band, but in between songs, there's no stage. We're just on the street, but we're amplified and we have a dr- mm-hmm. we have drums and a PA and all this shit. And this drunk guy, moderately drunk, starts yelling stuff right when we finished the song. And I think he yelled to like play something and I, I couldn't get him to stop. So the only thing I could think of was to, um, to put my mouth like right on the microphone. So I was really, really loud and really like authoritative, mm-hmm. and answer all of his heckles with like wow. a godlike loud voice. Wow! So I remember him saying, like, you know, saying like, "Play whatever," and I'd be like, "I can't do that, and I won't do that." <laughs> and then he would be like, you know, uh, he said something like, uh, "Say go bucks," because the Buckeyes, like, I guess it was like a uh, Ohio University. Game was going on, or something. So he was like, Go, Bucks. So I literally, I kept, I held the microphone like I was like choking the mic to my face so that he couldn't get to it. So I would just be like, I don't know what that is. And I don't care either. You should, (laughs) you should go away. I don't really want to talk to you. But I would like, but it was just like thunderously loud through the PA because my mouth is like right on the microphone. (laughs) Yeah, But I'm not yelling. I'm like talking very, very kind of normal voice tone, but really, really loud. Um, And that was probably my favorite somewhat obnoxious heckler because I I just at the spur of the moment, I was like, this is the way to deal with him is just respond to everything he says a billion times louder than him.
1: I think that that's pretty perfect.
0: Well, eventually he wouldn't go away. So I just had the band start playing really fucking loud. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then he went away. So, um, but we've had, we've had, I, I, I had somebody yell, you suck for real. Um, and, uh, I just, I just, I remember I just sighed and then I said that hurt my feelings. And then I told the band to start playing. <laughs> that's what the audience did too. They went, aw. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm manipulative. I made you look like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think that you, do you think you get, you get, um, heckled less because you're a woman?
1: Um, I don't think so because I also don't see other people at the shows I'm playing get heckled. Okay. Um, but you're, you, who knows? Honestly, well, uh, I mean,
0: it may just be that people are more comfortable being un- impolite to like a weirdo like me and st- as opposed to a weirdo like you, I don't know.
1: It could or it could be that they're more comfortable <laughs> um yeah. with full bands being more impolite to full bands at full band shows. Yeah. Uh, because there's more people on stage. So you can say you suck and mean it collectively to all the members of the band so they can split the shame as opposed <laughs> to just like one random person on the stage yeah. and then you kinda sound like a jerk.
0: So you know, there was a show I was at once, uh this just made me think of it. There was a show I was at once where a guy very, very much, barely heckled the uh, performer.
1: Oh, I did get heckled one time, but continue. Oh, yeah?
0: No, no, tell yes. me else. I can finish this no, later.
1: No, you can, you can keep talking. I'll remember. Okay.
0: okay. Well, uh, I was at this show, and I don't want to name the musician because I feel like it would make him look really petty because he was being really petty. But yeah. uh, he was playing a, a, an acoustic solo set with a ukulele, and I wasn't playing that show. I don't believe. I think I was mm-hmm. just there to support. And when he plays solo with the ukulele, I think he he relied too much on trying to be Daniel Johnston, okay,
1: um,
0: and trying to be like trying to be like almost um, you know almost Asperger'sy honest when that's not really who who he is or how he's like. Yeah. So he would go on these rambling you know, things between songs and they didn't really go anywhere. I I mean, he he was pretty early on in his performance career. I think he just didn't quite have the material together yet. Mm -hmm. So he would like go on and on and on. And legit, I think he would talk like three or four minutes and then play for two minutes and then talk three or four minutes. Wow. And I wasn't annoyed or anything. I was just, but I was kind of like, it's weird that this guy's just talking pretty much his whole set and, and not like prepared. Talk. Yeah. And one guy in the audience yelled, Just play. Yeah. That's not the meanest heckle in the world, right? Well, I mean, I've
1: totally gotten that before too. That's yeah. that's definitely a common heckle now that I'm thinking about it.
0: Well, what happened after that was neither he nor the band that played after him would let that go. They were like oh. really upset that that guy said, "Just play," and they kept bringing it up throughout the night, whether it was on stage or like hanging out between sets um yeah. to the point where they they kept changing it too, to the point where it became that the guy said, "Just fucking play," but he didn't he said "Just play mm-hmm. and when they played, he was happy,
1: <laughs> like, yeah, he, I, guess,
0: I guess he was there to listen to music, but yeah. like. I just remember they, they were so angry and they kept using it for material, but they kept like as they kept going through the night, they kept repeating it as just fucking play. Yeah, just fucking play. And I was like, You guys were not abused by the audience tonight. I don't know why you're so you're so addicted to this idea that the audience really tried to take you down a notch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just want to hear your music. <laughs> I mean, it, it was not the it was not polite. To yell no, just play. No. But yeah. but it's it's like the most impolite way to be like, I'm here for your music. Yeah. So it was just it was really, really strange. But I just remember they like really held on to that.
1: So I mean, did they did they like keep just being like, and it's really rude to tell someone to just play or
0: like what were they doing? They were like yelling it at each other. Oh, okay. That yeah. was like one of the things they were doing. Like they would talk yeah. for a minute between them and be like, Oh, I'm sorry, just fucking play. And they'd start playing. And I was like, My God, it's like you guys were victims of a hate crime and now you <laughs> and now you've got to bring it up to to keep awareness live. <laughs> like um it's but hard. They, they're the middle class white kids. Like, it happens that they need to like that that's what they hang on to. I mean I was I was kicked in the nuts by a woman while I was performing once and I've only brought it up like a handful of times. <sighs> <laughs> I'm 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 glad you remember that but I'm so sad you weren't there.
1: Yeah, me uh, too. Not I sort of I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, I like, I feel like I could talk about that, but I, I like, it, it, there's not much to say. I, I got, she, I was on a, I was playing at a sh- club where there was no stage. So you're on the dance floor. She kicked me in the nuts. She was drunk. She thought it was funny. She thought she was being funny. And, uh, the only thing that I can really say about it that made me mad was they didn't kick her out. Like I was demanding they throw her out and they wouldn't.
1: It's because you're not important, I guess. I
0: guess so. I mean, that's fair. So that was the only part that made me mad. Um, But I actually like, it's funny because as I think about it, I think I only talked about it like for like two or three shows. And then I forgot all about the night I was kicked in the nuts. Although I did, I did come up with a great joke from it, which is I said, uh, I said like, it's a tall tale. It's going to grow and grow and grow. Eventually it'll be one night. Henrik was uh, a one night. uh, 16 women kicked Henrik in 15 testicles. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The Paul Bunyan of getting kicked in the nuts on stage.
1: Thanks for listening. You can email us at this show is awkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time.